Weak-kneed leadership always gives in to public fervor. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. It's Friday, and we've made it through another week. We can give God great thanks for His faithfulness seeing us through. Uh, Today, we are closing in on the moment of Jesus' crucifixion in Luke's uh, account. And all week, we have been um, dealing with uh, the story uh, of Jesus' arrest and then His Um, being brought in front of the religious leaders and then the political leaders for his trial. Um, The political leaders saw no reason to charge Jesus with a crime and certainly saw no reason to to issue a death sentence. And uh, now we're at the point in the account where the crowd is continuing to intensify their demands And they are clearly now in the camp of wanting Jesus dead. And so we will see how uh, the political leaders decide. Ultimately, the decision is now back on Pilate's plate. And um, we know from the account that instead of providing leadership and strength, he gets caught up in the fervor of the moment and gives the people what they want. Uh, Before we get into the text this morning, uh, it is our practice to go before the Father. We will be studying Luke 23, verses 18 through 25 this morning. And uh, let's pray together. Uh, The Lord will open our eyes and ears to his word today. Heavenly Father, as we prepare to study today, ready our hearts, ready our ears, that we might hear from heaven and we might receive what you have for us today. Um, these things are hard to read about, Lord, because um, they recount the things that you went through for us on your way to the cross. Father, may we learn um, of your great love today. May we learn of your willing sacrifice that we might always value it rightly and never Uh, cheapen your grace by taking what you did for us for granted. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your word and pray that you would instruct us through it and that you would give us deep and abiding insights into it so that we might apply those teachings to our lives. Your word is designed to bring about transformation in us, and we pray that it would have that impact in us today. We ask all these things in Jesus' strong name. Amen. This is Luke 23, starting in verse 18. But the whole crowd shouted, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he spoke to them, Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. 
Now, there's a whole lot going on in this passage, and there are a lot of connection points that we can make. The one thing that I want to um, that I want to help all of us see is that these verses, in powerful ways, reveal that the will of God is being done here. <laughs> because if Pilate would have released Jesus, um, I am sure there would have been another leader or official who ultimately would have given in to the will of the people. Um, but the story would change a bit. Um, it was God's intention that Pilate's weak need leadership would lead to Jesus being surrendered over uh, to death. And these are all things that are happening in fulfillment of Scripture. Um, sometimes we have such a high opinion of our free agency our ability to make decisions uh, for ourselves and God's willingness to respect those decisions in order that he might interact with us in real and true ways, that we fail to see that in the sovereignty of his plan, sometimes even in the exercising of our free will, uh, we are uh, falling into the will of God ultimately. (laughs) And that's exactly what's happening here. Um, Pilate is being used as a tool of God in this moment. Uh, to bring about his ultimate purpose, Jesus had to die. And for Jesus to die, the death penalty had to be issued. And that's what ultimately um, Pilate surrenders to here. Now, some of the connection points that we can make um, relate to Pilate's character and leadership and also to uh, the crowd's fervor and the way that groupthink sometimes leads to terrible, terrible consequences. And in this case, the consequences were the death of an innocent man, our Lord and Savior, who took on the punishment for our sin. We knew that those things ultimately had to happen. But um, uh, we see that there were some very earthly things happening that uh, led up to uh, the ultimate decision to have Jesus surrendered over to death. So we start and we're in the midst of a crowd situation and people are shouting and the fervor is building. You can sense the intensity of as Luke's account goes on from verses 18 through 25. You can feel the momentum building as the crowd's noise is increasing and as their demands are increasing. They're shouting, away with this man, release Barabbas to us. So here's Jesus, a perfect person, sinless. <laughs> innocent, truly has done no wrong, standing there quietly, uh, not fighting against the authorities, um, and he's done nothing wrong. Uh, three times now, the, the political authorities have said there's no reason to charge him with a crime. We'll slap him on the wrist and release him, and the people are demanding that Jesus be arrested and, um, and done away with. Now, we find out parenthetically in verse 19 that Barabbas was, in fact, a criminal. He was thrown in prison for political insurrection, was uh, trying to stir up a coup, uh, and for murder. And so he truly is a criminal. And um, so Pilate makes an appeal to the crowd again, and his appeal was met with even more intense shouting, crucify him, crucify him. We're told in 22 that Pilate for the third time appeals to the crowd. 
restates his case. I found no crime committed here. I found no grounds for the death penalty. Let me slap him on the wrist and I'll release him. And they intensify their shouts. Um, Luke says, insistently demanding that he be crucified and their shouts prevailed. And Pilate, being a politician, uh, gave in to their demand. And he released the true criminal, Barabbas, <laughs> who had been thrown in prison for actual crimes and offenses, uh, including a coup attempt and murder. And uh, he's released, and Pilate surrenders Jesus to their will. When the culture gets loud enough, political leaders are inclined to give in to their will. Because political leaders like votes. Political leaders like winning elections. Political leaders don't want to lose their grip on power, their grip on influence. And so they give in instead of exerting leadership, instead of providing an example, they give in uh, because they like their power and they like the prestige and they like being in the middle of things. And that's not leadership. Leadership is unafraid of public opinion. Leadership is deeply and intuitively connected to one's sense of, of conviction, is deeply and intuitively connected to one's sense of values, to one's sense of priorities, to one's sense of what's best, to one's sense of what's right and true. And Pilate here reveals that he's completely disconnected from those things as a person and that he is in every sense, a true politician, truly just um, at the whim and at the behest of the people's um, of the people's demands, and so he's not expressing leadership here. He's expressing weakness, and how often we see in our world, how often we see in our culture, in our country, weakness expressed by our leaders, not leadership. Leadership means something. Leadership takes a stand. Leadership does what's right. Leadership is bold and courageous and doesn't give in to the insistent demands of uh, groupthink. It thinks for itself. It follows its convictions. It knows its core. And it's not afraid. And uh, we see here an example of weak need leadership that leads ultimately to Jesus being surrendered to the will of the people. Um, my friends, I, I feel culturally that it's true we have surrendered so much to the will of the culture, despite what's true and right and good. And when we do that, we're chipping away at the foundation of our nation's life. Uh, at the core of our nation's life were certain values and principles uh, that were built in uh, the Judeo-Christian um, worldview and mindset and moral uh, underpinnings. And uh, the reality is, even with those foundational things, we've always been a secular culture. And um, political leaders are tasked with governing secular society. And so to expect them to uphold godly values is to expect them to be something other than what they are. Um, but we have a king who has secured for us a kingdom that is unshakable and unmovable. And so while we're watching the moral underpinnings of our nation be eroded by the weak-kneed leadership of our politicians, 
we can be reminded that we have a high king in heaven who is consistently good, who consistently fights for truth, who consistently does what is right and will never lead us in a direction uh, of anything other than his perfect, pleasing will for our lives. And so uh, our high king in heaven has our ultimate loyalty. He is our ultimate authority, and he will never lead us uh, down the wrong path. And so I am routinely reminded that when I put too much hope (laughs) in our earthly leaders, they will do what they are so accustomed to doing, and that is disappoint us. They will always, always disappoint us and let us down. Their task is to govern secular society, and uh, they are not always beholden to truth, and they are not always willing to exercise good and godly and true leadership. Uh, But we have one leader who does and one leader who always will, and that's our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, now the stage is set for the story to move toward the cross. Uh, Jesus has now been given over. And we will see um, exactly what he was willing to sacrifice for us as we move on in Luke's account. Well, my friends, on this Friday, I pray that God will uh, ready your hearts for the weekend, that some rest and recreation will come your way, and uh, that you will enjoy yourself this weekend, and uh, we'll be ready to get back at it on Monday morning. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to listen. God bless you as you continue to consider these words.